0: You know, thirty six years as a pastor, I've learned that for most women this is a, a, a wonderful and encouraging day. For some it's a hard day. Maybe a child has died or you're estranged from your family. We we love you too. And God does. And we want this day to be a day that honors all our families and is an encouragement to everyone here. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for moms. And especially for those who have been able to pass along love and faith and hope to another generation. And we thank you for families. We thank you for dads and kids and grandparents, aunts and uncles. We pray for everyone in this place that today we would feel your smile and your blessing. We would hear your voice and we would say yes to anything you ask of us. We love you. And we want to be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've been talking about love lately, specifically about love languages. So on Mother's Day, it seems appropriate that the language of love we're talking about <clears throat> is touch. We can communicate a lot of love by the way we touch the people around us. and We've uh, been learning together, been reminded that there are at least five different ways people give and receive love. Some people a hunger for words, words of affirmation and affection, and they touch us deeply. For others, it's gifts. And last week we talked about how oh, just the right gift at just the right time can be the perfect expression of love. For other people, it's service, doing something practical and helpful. As some of you know this past week was uh, Nancy and my anniversary our 43rd anniversary, and so, yes, yay, (laughs) yay God, (laughs) thank you. And so for our anniversary, I fixed the toilet, which was a wonderful blessing to Nancy, that is her love language, Uh, along with washing the car and gassing it up and, you know, a few of those very hands-on practical things, that's her love language, and we're going to talk about that one next week. For some, it's time, just be with me, just... Hang out, don't be in a hurry, don't rush off. And for others, it's touch. And we're talking about this in a Christian context because Jesus Christ is the one who loved us and gave himself for us, as the Bible says. And this kind of Christ-like, courageous, strong love is described so well in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is our theme text for the series. And it says that love is patient and kind. Would you read the rest out loud with me? Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Let's stop right there. Let's put our name where the word love is, okay? Put your name in there. Glenn is... Glenn is... We're in trouble already, aren't we? Right? 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 I mean, that's harder than it sounds, isn't it? This means yes, okay. That is, a, that is a huge challenge. It does not demand its own way. Is not irritable. doesn't keep record of wrongs. We need God's help. We need God's help to love with that kind of love, persistent love, courageous love, selfless love. And one of the ways God has wired us up to give and receive that kind of love is by touching one another appropriately, kindly, in ways that minister love. And I can think of at least five ways that Jesus is our example. You know, he is the perfect example of each love language, if you stop to think about it. The other day, I went to Bible Gateway, and I plugged in the word Jesus and touch, and hit go. Go. And that was quite an education. I want to share some of it with you, but there's even more. You want to check it out on your own? Go right ahead. The first love language, the first way that touch is expressed by Jesus is healing touch. And by the way, there's an insert in the program with this outline and these scripture verses. We don't have them all on the screen today. So if you check that out, take it out and follow along. Matthew chapter 8. A man with leprosy came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now just from the context of that, you can tell that there's something... Pretty significant going on here. After this happens, the man is commanded to go to the priest to make a sacrifice There's something bigger than just a, a simple touch. If you know much of the history of the ancient Middle East, leprosy was considered a terrible stain. Uh, more than just an affliction of the skin, actually considered by many an affliction of the soul. It was kind of a mark considered to be a, a mark that, you, that the person themselves was somehow uh, not worth as much, somehow stained and broken. And we know there was this whole series of rules about lepers. They had to dress in a certain way. If anybody got closer than about six feet, they were supposed to, sh- to speak out leper, unclean. Because if someone accidentally touched them, they would be considered to be stained and unclean. What a tragic life, really. Imagine that's your life. No one touches you. Uh, You're constantly separated from everyone around you. And for some reason, this particular day, you hear about Jesus and you take a risk. Because rabbis, rabbis were required to stay that much further away. They were never to touch a leper. They would be stained and have to go through a complete a re-cleansing process before they could continue their ministry. and So you never, you never went near a rabbi. But this rabbi, this one's approachable. And he goes to Jesus, and he calls out to Jesus. And I wish we'd all been there, because it wouldn't just be words on a page. You know, when Jesus, it says that before Jesus said anything to him, he touched him. People would have gasped. I mean, what? He, he, he touched him? Why did Jesus touch him before he talked to him? To make a point, right? To make a point. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God is here now. Nobody is unclean. Nobody is untouchable. God's love will touch anyone, anywhere, anytime. And here's exhibit A. And throughout the ministry of Jesus Christ, you see him. Touching the untouchable. Loving the unlovable over and over and over again. Now would you take your hands, both hands put them out in front of you and just look at them. Work, you know, work with me here. Okay. Now look at them. What could you do with those hands this week? You could do some really good stuff. You could do some bad stuff. But you could touch somebody in a loving way. Bring a Bring a healing touch to them just by being near them, we know from research you can put your hands down now <laughs> I mean, you're like that was, a, that was a that was a stretch, I know, but anyway, um, we know from research that children who go untouched develop problems they they, they don't develop uh, quickly and normally as possible uh, it, it creates all kinds of issues for them as they develop in life and here Jesus over and over, to a blind man, to a woman with a hemorrhage, to two blind men calling out by the side of the road. Touches their eyes, touches their ears. In one case, touches a man's tongue. I mean, what what must that have been like? What must that have been like? Now, here's what I know. All of us know somebody that's hurting, Many of us know someone that's ill, and maybe they haven't been touched in a while at all. Um, you know, that happens, right? It's almost natural to kind of shrink back a little bit, to not be sure, to not want to be contagious or whatever. The love of Jesus Christ says at the right time, in the right way, to touch a person in need, a person who's broken and wounded, brings healing. What a a privilege, what a blessing, what an opportunity. Well, the next kind of touch that we see in the ministry of Jesus is a reassuring touch. Matthew chapter 17 tells us the story of what we call the transfiguration. Jesus is taken up on a mountaintop and begins to actually physically glow with the presence of God. And in this profound spiritual encounter, a voice comes from heaven, the voice of God himself. And what happens? When the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground, terrified. <laughs> I think I would too, right? But Jesus came and touched them. I love that. He touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. Now, all of us know somebody who's uh, afraid. afraid who's overwhelmed, who's in circumstances in their life that are bigger than they are, and this experience of kind of just falling down discouraged is a common human experience. Sooner or later, most of us go through it, and we certainly know others who do. And I love this picture of Jesus going up to them as they're laying there and just touching them and saying, get up. Uh, I like to think of the fact that At certain times in my life when I needed it most, somebody who loved me touched me and said, get up. Get up. Don't stay down. Don't stay defeated. Don't stay discouraged. Get up. God still loves you. God still has a plan for you. Whatever's happened to you, whatever's overwhelmed you, it's not bigger than God. I love that picture. I don't know. Have you seen the newer version of the Bible? It's been on TV. I think there's an one continuing with A.D., but back a year or so ago, the the first version came out. And the scene of the resurrection is one of our favorites. Nancy and I have talked many times because the way Jesus is depicted in coming to the upper room with the disciples, right, They've, they've failed him, they've hidden, they've messed up, and Jesus walks around the room and he tousles their hair <laughs> and he touches them on the shoulder and it's like, I'm back, I'm back, boys. You're okay, I love you, let's go. Can you imagine what that would have been like? It's okay, I love you, I forgive you, get up, let's go. And, uh, you know, I think about when I was a little boy, you know, people in my life coming along and put their hand on my shoulder and put their hand on my head just saying something encouraging and fun, lifting my spirit, that's Jesus. That's the love of Jesus lifting us out of our discouragement. And somebody you know could use that touch from your life. Well, there's the healing touch and the reassuring touch, and there's the reconciling touch. Uh, Luke, in telling the story of the arrest of Jesus, It's actually told by all four gospel writers. And that's always significant because not every incident happens and is recounted by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But this particular uh, insight is repeated by all four. And that is that when Jesus is arrested in the garden, remember that uh, one of the disciples comes and kisses him and betrays him. Who's that? Judas kisses him and betrays him. And the soldiers are standing there watching for the signal, and they come to take him. And in Luke's gospel, it says one of the disciples, we happen to know from another gospel which one it was, it was Peter, saw what was going on and what was happening, and they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this, and touched the man's ear and healed him. I don't think Peter was going for the ear, do you? (laughs) I think he needed a little practice. He was a little out of practice. He was going for more than the ear, but he just got the ear, and what does Jesus do? He picks up the ear and puts it back. And in doing that, he touches the side of the man's face. And we're told the man's name is Malchus. And I bet Malchus... Touch that ear a lot of times in the course of the rest of his life. Because in that moment, Jesus was saying, You know, Peter and the other disciples, they're angry, they're afraid, they're lashing out, but I didn't come to bring a sword. I came to bring peace, I came to bring healing. You know, I know people who have been hurt by Christians and by the church, um, usually not intended to be, but. We're all human and some are more human than others, right? And when we get wounded and when we get cut and when we get hurt, it's a great blessing if someone will come and say, I'm sorry. Oh, you know, that shouldn't have happened to you. Uh I'm I'm reaching out to you. You know, if you get if you get a broken relationship with someone in your family, among your friends, in the church, who's supposed to put out their hand first? You are. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which side of the equation you're on. It doesn't matter if you're the offended party or the offending party. You know, there are scriptures on both sides of that that say, you know, if you've been offended by someone or you have offended another, go and be reconciled. Uh, you know, Romans says... As much as is possible, be at peace with all people. So as much as it's possible for me, I should reconcile with people. I should be the one to put out my hand and say, I'm sorry, is there something I can do? Is there something between us? Is there some way I can make this better? I want I, I want to get along. I want to be reconciled. A healing touch, a reassuring touch, a reconciling touch. You can't talk about touch very long and look at Scripture without realizing that it always needs to be appropriate touch. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So when we're talking about touching another person, We're on holy ground. You know, we don't force ourselves on another. We don't inflict pain on another. We don't abuse anyone. We don't uh, lash out at others. And that's important to say because sometimes it goes on. Sometimes in the name of Christ. If you're in an abusive relationship, get help and get out and allow the healing of God to be ministered to you. And if, you know, I, I know in any, uh, any congregation like this, there are people who have been wounded, some physically, and you need the grace of God in your own heart and to talk to someone who can help you to deal with all that's happened to you. And, you know, this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, it, it expands that conversation and talks about the sexual side of touch. You know, in the book, The Five Love Languages, the author says that often in a marriage, one or the other or sometimes both speak the language of touch and the intimate touch of a loving husband or wife is a beautiful, powerful thing. You know, it's a gift from God. And we're encouraged to use that gift to bring closeness to our relationship. Speak the language, right? Speak the language. But well, we're also warned in that same passage that that gift can be abused, and we know it can, right? And the the thing about touching someone sexually inappropriately, to be sexually with, intimate with somebody outside of marriage, is that it, it, it spoils the gift. It ruins its intended effect. Someone told me one time, it's sort of like uh, duct tape, you know, when you stick it on, it has that really very intense stickiness. But if you rip it off and stick it on again and rip it off and stick it on again, you know, if you have sort of this serial, multiple sexual deal going on, then what begins to happen is it loses its stickiness. And God's not trying to spoil our fun, God's trying to spare us from wounding ourselves damaging a beautiful gift that he's given us and so as followers of christ we say when i touch somebody i need to be careful i need to make sure it's appropriate i need to make sure it's wanted and and received did you know that most people have a little bit of a a safety zone around them have you ever heard of the 18 inch rule right 18 inches from the tip of my nose out i'm comfortable when you come up and talk to me and get but you get up in my grill and I'm nervous, right? Right? And does anybody know a close talker? I can introduce you to a few, right? They're like, great, right up here. And you're like, ooh, hello. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and touchy-feely people, you know. When, when, uh, you just, just got to be careful. You just got to make sure you're doing the right thing at the right way at the right time with the right person, Right? Just give me one of these and we'll move on. (laughs) Okay, appropriate touch, right? Make sure that it's appropriate. And then finally, I love the blessing touch, the story of Jesus and the children. Um, In the ancient Middle East, important people, leadership types, were not bothered to spend any time and energy on kids. They didn't have the same kind of sentimental attachment that we have. By the way, weren't those kids amazing? Well, they, they were some of the cutest kids I think I've ever seen. Does anybody agree with me? <laughs> High quality kids, that's what I'm saying, alright? And uh, we just have that just natural kind of sense in our day and age, but it wasn't in theirs. Children were seen to be a bother. They didn't add value, they didn't work, they didn't Bring something to the table, so they were relegated to the sidelines. And it's very interesting to me that these parents, for some reason, think that Jesus might want to touch their kids. And nobody else would. So they get this idea to bring their children to Jesus and have him touch them and bless them. And, and of course, the disciples do the normal thing and say, No, 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 he's too busy. And Jesus says, no, I'm not, you know, bring them on. And I love the picture where it says he actually takes them on his lap and touches them and blesses them. I can only imagine what those children must have remembered of that, right, for the rest of their lives, the touching and the blessing of Jesus. And here's what I know, somebody that you know that would be blessed by just a, Confirming, loving, hand on the shoulder, hand on the back, a warm handshake. Something from your heart to theirs. And I, was, I studied blessing at some length this week because it's a fascinating idea. I, I don't think most of us thought a lot about it. It's just something kind of sh- pleasant and kind of on the shallow side. You no, know, bless you. It's much more than that. Blessing somebody is to pray for the favor of God on their life. To to will for them the goodness of God in whatever way they need it most. Now think about that. Your husband, your wife, your kids, somebody at work, somebody that's going through it and needs some help with some stuff, and you have the power in Jesus' name to bless them, to just, you know, Lord, I pray for them today that your favor would be on their life, encourage their heart. You know exactly what they need, God, and I pray that for them today. Well, I don't know about you, but all these three weeks that we've been doing this, words, gifts, touch, um, I'm a week ahead, <laughs> right? Because I'm working and praying. So all week long, I've thought about each person that I've had the opportunity to, to touch in some way. And it's my prayer that as we move into the week to come, that every one of us will consider the impact of our touch. Could you give someone a healing touch, a reassuring touch, a, um, a reconciling touch? A loving, appropriate touch. A touch of blessing. And so I'm going to close. We're going to close. We're not going to sing today as we often do. We're going to pray. And I want to do this as a guided prayer. And I want to invite you to participate uh, with your hands in this prayer. And you don't have to do it, but I, I think there'd be a blessing in it if you did. Okay? So with each part of this prayer, we're going to do something to express Uh, the truth of today's message. And the first is a healing touch. So I'd like you to kind of pretend your shoulder's a little sore over here and reach across and put your hand on it, okay? And would you pray with me? Lord God, we receive today from Jesus Christ the healing that we need in our heart and mind and soul. Forgive us Make us whole. Live your life in us and through us in Jesus' name. And this week, help us to be an agent of healing. If we know someone who's sick, sick physically or in some other way, emotionally, may we touch them with such a gracious, kind touch that they feel healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, reassuring touch. Jesus picking the disciples up. Would you, you know, he, it's, I, I see Him touching their head. Would you put your hand somewhere on your neck or the back of your head somewhere like that? Lord God, we pray that we would feel the reassuring touch of your Holy Spirit right now. Telling us to get up and get going. If we've been discouraged, if we're down, may you inspire us with your breath of, uh, of hope and strength. And Lord, this week, if we meet anybody who's down in the dumps, when we leave them, may they be up on their feet. Show us how. May we reassure the people we love in Jesus' name. Amen. Reconciling touch. Would you just join your hands together? Lord, your word tells us that we can be reconciled to God through Christ. And we pray that the sin that has separated us from you will today be washed away. That we would be thankful, all of us in this room, who have ever confessed and repented for the grace of God that brings us back together. And we pray that if there is somebody from whom we've been alienated, separated. Give us the grace to put out our hand. To reach across the divide that's grown between us and offer forgiveness and invite a conversation. In Jesus' name, amen. Appropriate touch. Uh, Just cross your arms. Lord God, I thank you for the blessing of marriage and the family. That touch is a beautiful way to express how much our partner and our family matters to us. So for every married couple in the room, may you bless the intimate side of their relationship. May it bring them great joy. And Lord, for all of us who are very aware we need to be careful in this area, Uh, Maybe we have touched or been touched in some inappropriate way. Heal us. Help us. Change us. Help us to be careful this week with every touch that we're sure that it's wanted and that it communicates what we intend it to. Bless and help and guide our touch in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And will you stand with me for the last? Uh, it is the touch of blessing. Uh, just put your hand on your chest. Uh, God, we are just blessed people. Blessed to be here. Blessed to be with each other. Um, we thank you for the for the endless list we could go through of a a house, a place, a roof over our heads. A, a vehicle that got us here and will get us home and people we care about to spend part of our day with today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I pray that this week we would be a blessing truly to someone who needs it. That when we touch them and we pray for them in Jesus' name, they will feel lifted and loved. And we will feel the joy of being used by you For something good. So as we go, Lord, may our hands be your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And as I dismiss us, may the Lord go with us all. And before you leave, touch somebody and love them. In Jesus' name. Amen.